On this episode of the Battling Pickle Podcast, we're going to talk about mania, or high levels of energy and how they can be deceptively useful. Or maybe deceptively throwing us off when we should be noticing something deeper. So let's dig in and think about how mania might be seen in our clients and students and how we might address it. So I want to start off this podcast by thinking a little bit about the students that we really love teaching in the classroom. The ones that always energetic, always up to answer any question. They seem to be locked in. They seem to be on top of everything. They maybe even turn in assignments early. They are asking for our input, just like we hope. The student that you go, I don't have anything to worry about with that student. I have um, in my classes at the undergraduate level, probably one or two of them every year that really stand out. And over the last 10 years, I would say that I've been surprised more than once by some of them in that high echelon group having rather severe breakdowns in a sense, either clinically diagnosed or uh, they are going, they go through a rough patch and it's very uncharacteristic for them. All of a sudden they're not turning things in or they're not coming to class or you're reaching out and they, they hit your radar. You want to go talk to them. You want to see what's going on because that's not them. And sometimes when you do the digging, you find that those particular students have been under a great deal of stress and sometimes without realizing it, you've been putting some of that stress on because they are the most active in the classroom and you've been maybe calling on them a little bit more than other students. You've been asking them to carry certain discussions a little bit more and you think, well, this is just a case of someone burning out and, um, you know, maybe I need to think about how I, you know, even the load out or, you know, maybe there are other teachers need to think about that. But what I want to explore for this podcast is thinking about this person in the concept of mania and hypomania. In my abnormal psychology class uh, this week, we are talking about, one of the things we're talking about are different mood disorders, and one that you see quite a bit is bipolar disorder. In bipolar disorder, you have an alternation between a manic state, a very energetic state, and a depressive state. At least that's bipolar 1. Bipolar 2 just has the depressive state and then a normal affectation state. What is interesting is that one of my colleagues years ago argued maybe there is a bipolar 3 where people alternate between a normal state and a manic state. And the question then becomes, if you were in bipolar 3, would you ever seek treatment for it? Think about the person who's going into these states of mania or hypomania. If they're able to harness that mania and not turn it into something that's self-destructive, and some people can, these are the people that you look at and go, geez, how did you get all that done? Or how did you do that? That's so much work. And you're always on top of this, et cetera. The high achieving mania. We don't think of that necessarily as an abnormal situation. We don't think of that as something that you would ever seek treatment for because you're just 
hyperproductive. In our society, we are obsessed with productivity, especially in Western cultures. We value productivity at the individual level, whereas Eastern cultures, they value productivity, but generally for a collective purpose. So any one person can sort of say, hey, I need to take a break and my team can pick me up for a few weeks, whereas here you're essentially a team of one in many, in many situations. So this is something that in abnormal psychology, we deal with thinking about quite a bit. Depression gets talked about a lot. I don't think mania gets talked about as much. The reason I'm also applying that to educational psychology is that it's the same sort of problem that your boss would praise in a workplace. It's the same thing that your teacher is going to reinforce in a classroom. That if you are always up, always full of energy, always looking at how to get things done and turning things in early and let me come and talk to you after class about that, all of those things, we're going to reinforce that as educators. And we don't necessarily think of our job ever as bringing students to a state of balance, which is, I think, what we might want to consider. You know, in the clinical setting, if someone comes into uh, a clinician's office or a therapist's office and there's a recognition there's going to be good days and bad days. There's going to be days that are harder. There's going to be days that are easier. Nobody gets better on a linear slope, just like nobody gets uh, depressed on a, a downward slope, you know, good and bad days. So a therapist would not think anything of, you know, Monday of week one, client seems a little bit upset. Monday of week two, okay, they're doing a little bit better this week. Monday of week three, they're still doing pretty good. Monday of week four, yeah, they've been able to do more. Monday of week five, oh, we had a slight setback, et cetera, et cetera. Their goal in those interactions is going to be equipping the client with tools so that on the good days, you can reflect on what made them good days and how to have more of them. And on the bad days, you can reflect on what made these days bad. How do I move forward from here? Not necessarily that on the bad days, you ignore it and just hope that a good day is coming again. You're actively engaged. You're actively trying to work it out. Now, on the education side, I think we lose track of balance as being an important factor. We push our students, we, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to push, but it's a bad thing if that's all we think that we should be doing, that we should be pushing, pushing, pushing them to strive harder, do better, because the matter of fact is the students that we have that are at a normal level of energy, a normal level of productivity, the pushing is going to be received as a challenge that they can rise to, for those that are already at that level, the pushing is going to reinforce the idea that you have to stay at that level. And as anyone who has ever taken a vacation knows, you can't stay at the high level all the time. You eventually get depleted. That's why you take a vacation or that's why you enjoy time off on your weekend. That's why over uh, you know the bit long weekend uh, for Memorial Day, I didn't have you turning in things on days I normally would because you're on the weekend. It's not, you know, you're still getting used to the class. We have to modulate expectations. So it struck me as I was reading through the abnormal psychology textbook and looking through you know, the idea of intentional teaching, which we keep coming back to over and over again in Psych of Learning, intentional teachers 
seek out those students that are doing well and try to motivate them to continue to do well, just like we try to find the ones that aren't doing so well and try to give them the tools they need to succeed. The problem is, I think as an intentional teacher, sometimes there's a temptation to see the students that are doing well as almost co-teachers or assistants. They are helping us in the classroom. They're helping us reach out. The, you know, we can put them in groups. We can we can put the strong one in the group of light, slightly weaker ones, and maybe the strong one will help them push. And that's not always a bad thing. It provides aspiration. But are we asking them to stay at a level of energy that is not sustainable. And finally, are we identifying perhaps students that have a level of mania and hypomania and instead of saying, hey, why don't you tell me about your life in calmer moments? You know, when I, when I talk to that student and I say, you know, I've noticed that you're really active in class. I noticed that you're doing really well. Why don't you tell me what you do to relax? Why don't you tell me what you do to, to slow down? That might be a very powerful question to ask them because you might find at that point that they're not slowing down. They're not relaxing. And just like, you know, seeing a, a train speeding toward a wall, you're going, this is going to be a problem. You might not see it because you are eight or 10 or 12 or 20. But as someone who has been there, as someone who knows education and knows psychology, I can tell you that there's going to be a time where you hit a wall. Let's try to figure out how to coast down the speed so that you bump up against the wall and don't damage anything versus hitting it full force and feeling like your whole world is collapsing down around you. So that's the, the topic I wanted to kind of unpack a little bit thinking about mania. Mania, like I said, is often the less studied element of things like bipolar and uh, different disorders. Uh, we talk about anxiety, which is typically a mania that doesn't work very well, but we don't talk about mania when it can be high-functioning mania. And high-functioning mania might be one of those problems that if you are not aware of it in yourself, if you're not aware of it in others, you just figure, I, I always get things done. I'm always on top of things. I don't need to rest. I don't need to take time off. Sure, I'll sign up for more hours for that, or I'll take on that extra job. And then you turn into that person that, as we've read on countless internet articles, you know, doesn't say no. And when you don't say no, well, it can be a problem. Hopefully, uh, don't apply this to my assignments and then start telling me that you don't want to do them. You're going to say no to that. You, the, you can't use my own words against me in that regard. Hopefully this is giving you some food for thought, whether you are looking at it from an abnormal psychology perspective or you're looking at it from an educational psychology perspective. Well, this has been another episode of the Battling Pickle Podcast. Remember, you can always interact with the podcast anytime going to anchor.fm slash battlingpickle. You can ask questions and I'm happy to spotlight them on the podcast. This week, we had a couple of episodes. This is the second episode of the week. Looking to do two or three episodes each week. Plenty of time in the month of June to get me your questions and thoughts. And I'll also be teaching in July as well. So if you've got things you want to put out there, I am happy to talk about them. Until next time, this has been Dr. John Westfall. Have a great day.